Hello and welcome to Digital Talk Podcast, the podcast where we share stories with the wider community of how digital technology and telecoms can do good. Join me, Ian Ginn. And me, Frankie Spagnolo, on our discovery series as we talk to our guests and find out about themselves, what motivates them, and helps celebrate their projects and achievements. On today's episode, I'll be interviewing my co-host, Ian Ginn. Stay tuned to find out more about Ian the person, including why he is an expert with a chainsaw and what skateboarding has to do with it all. Okay, Ian, so first question, here we go. Do you have a philosophy you live by? And if so, what is your philosophy? Yeah, I do, I guess. A simple one may be taken, I think, might from the Bible or along those lines about do unto others what you want done back to you, if you like. So treat others with respect where you can. You know, to be honest, it doesn't always work out that way. We're all human and fallible, but fundamentally, yes, you know, treat thy neighbor and other people around you well. I guess the other one, which is maybe less of philosophy, but I think fits in nicely here, is that try and enjoy it while at last right life is short at the time when you're young you think life is forever as you get older it becomes clear that it isn't so yeah try and enjoy it while you can and i, I know it's sort of older wise owl words it's sort of when you look at the young people you sort of come up with these things but it it goes in one ear and out the other i think that's just part of life so yeah i think those two things i'd say yeah and try and enjoy it while you can as well as as i say uh, and also, yeah, try and do some good around you. Nice. I can see that about you. When you when you said that at first, that's definitely present in your characteristics as a as a human, for sure. Thank you. So here on the show, we are doing good and driving change by sharing these stories. Who is an important doing good and driving change leader for you personally? Leaders, of course, is is a concept of what where we want to go. We talk about government leaders but you know a leader is someone that's trying to just achieve something i am ambassador for the unconnected and mayor uh, thompson inspired me when she told her story of how she got involved with trying to connect the unconnected and what drove her to do so she's someone i know you know it should say someone i actually have met and and know and, and I say trying to help her to move the dial on that as well, if you like to use a term and overused term. Yeah, I'd say Mia Thompson is certainly an inspirational leader. She's working with a wider team and she'd that's the first thing she'd say can't be done without others, but certainly an inspirational person that yeah, I look up to. Wonderful. Okay, so this one's a little bit different. Imagine you're stranded on a deserted island with access to only one piece of modern technology what would you choose and why well i think it would be unfair to to suggest the mobile phone or or satellite phone because i think that has to be ruled out uh, fundamentally right Right. so it's not as if you can easily go and communicate having done that i guess it's the i'd asking myself like like the lie of the land you know what situation am i really in if there is a chance of survival or not, that'd be important. But I guess the question is more around what technology. Now, 
my background, I was born in Switzerland, so you wouldn't mind if I brought a Swiss Army knife with me. And the particularly right. uh, the, <laughs> the key function, rather than a knife, the knife bit's great and, and that sort of thing, and the toothpick really helps as well. But, but it's actually the looking glass aspect is key because that way I could light fire, you see. So it is a multidimensional yeah. tool, but that, that most likely would be the thing that I think would most likely get you further than most things. The other thing which you'd be desperately worried about is like water how do i get something drinkable because i'm assuming we're near the beach yeah. or, and there's waves and that but that that you can't really drink that water you're not going to survive on that so water is my faint first no. concern I- my second concern would be shelter and because of shelter because i burn easily i'm assuming it's a hot day and all that but oh, I, no. I, i'm thinking of you know i am thinking of a desert island not just deserted but that sort of thing so i think shelter because i burn easily and you know i can only take one thing so i guess that's that's where I, that's what I, I think would most likely get me further than most other things a swiss army knife for the swiss born ian ginn here yeah. wonderful so ian what is your background educationally what did you study so i studied european business studies and in fact my college in the uk was the first one to have such a course in the uk and it, okay. i was in a group called ba10 which was the 10th year of the course that's where the name came from and in a way it was a logical thing for me to do as i do speak german and, and lived in germany beforehand in that sense, I was, it was it was easy for me to go on the course because one of the preconditions is, or the idea that you you had empathy for for European language or could speak it, so I already had that. Right. Um, yeah. So so that's what I did with my degree. And one of the things, if you do a business studies degree at the time, I think you had like eight eight nine topics, things like economics, law, HR, marketing, actual things which I know you hear lots of people like who go and do a degree in physics and then let's say never use it or whatever because they're not many fixed jobs. Right. But I must say it's, my degree has put me in good stead in my career because I'm jack of all trades, master of none, I guess is, is what, what you call it. I got a reasonable degree. It wasn't the best one. I wasn't a never academic, to be honest. That's not my my strength. I'm proudest of, for my dissertation, getting a first. Nice. That was the one time I thought, what, this can't be, because most of my grades weren't at that level. But there you go. So explain what a first is for our American audience. Ah, well, a first is good for a start. Right. <laughs> so it's the top. A first, a first is, is good, but it was only for that one piece of work, if you like. So it was the practical piece of work, a dissertation, meaning you actually go and do some work or you have a thesis and you, you're trying to then, you have to write right. it up as to what you're trying to do. Mine was on the topic of ISO 9000. So anyone into, I don't know in the US what it's called, but it's, it's the standardization of quality management and management of businesses. So it's a generic framework, yeah, I think which can apply to any work. business. Yeah. So I was doing it for actually in America, well-known company, Dow Chemical in Germany for their factory. Oh, wow. I did my dissertation on how Very does cool. ISO 9000 affect the factory, something along those lines at the time. There you go. Very cool. Look at you back in building information management before we even were connected. (laughs) So what kind of activity or hobby are you passionate about that might actually be surprising to us and our listeners? So one that sort of stands out because physically I have to do it a reasonable amount is I'm a arborist. So I'm a lumberjack in American terms. (laughs) 
I happen to have a small holding, so I am known to be out there at the weekend, you know, chopping down trees and I guess just clearing areas as well. It's not that big a piece, but I don't know if many of you have dealt with chainsaws. If I could just add to that is that I would say the the which isn't the question, but I'll, I'll throw it in there. No, go ahead. Most valuable training course ever done was how to handle a chainsaw because I'd had a chainsaw and like maintenance wasn't working and it didn't really work out why it wasn't working things like that. And I went on a training, it was four or five day training, so I got a certificate that I'm, I you know how to handle a chainsaw. And I can just say to anyone, if you don't know what a chainsaw is, leave it alone. Oh and get yourself trained because it is actually a pretty sophisticated piece of kit and piece of technology. treated with respect at all times. Certainly. I, I echo that. Anybody who goes near a chainsaw and doesn't know what they're doing is asking to lose a limb. <laughs> So, Ian, what do you do to relax when you're not working, you know, to just chill? If we move on from me having a small holding and having to do work outside, to some degree, I quite enjoy the physical element of it. I do find that it's a good way of, let's say, getting rid of nervous energy, if you like, or, or, or things like that I just find equalizes me to do, to do. I like sports as well. I don't often have enough time for it, but I like to go and play some golf. I ski, do some other sports as well. Also watching, you know, TV would be nice. Yeah, it's things like that. I'm quite, even though you might not believe it, uh, I like, enjoy my sports generally. Nice. Are you a good a scratch golfer? As I say, my handicap are the clubs. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I have been known to, to play some reasonable golf, but as I say, time permit, does not really permit it. But I would certainly not consider myself a good golfer. I don't play cons- enough to be consistent, let's say, right? But, uh, you know, that's the thing. But uh, I can be competitive when it comes to sport as well. Ah, nice. Well, and I guess growing up in Switzerland kind of makes it natural for you to be a skier. But to me, skiing is like, I cannot, I mean, you're binding your feet into things and hurtling yourself down a mountain. It's like, what? It is. If you do ski, it is counterintuitive. And exactly what you said is the reality. You do have to, but you're bold, right? If you come back to your personality. So you have to say, I want to get down the mountain. If you try and resist it, you actually, the, the resisting going down the mountain will do you more damage than actually embracing going down the mountain. And that sounds yeah. counterintuitive. That's why skiing is one of those sports best to be learned young. And you're right. rarely going to get people, adults, adults by definition, it does not pick it up. unless there really are, and there are such people who are sort of nutters and very brave by in their personality they can pick it up quite quickly or very sporty people but yeah it's counterintuitive skiing yeah certainly no i don't think skiing doesn't make it past the being brilliant part of my philosophy because i get there and strategically the pro the cons outweigh the pros and i don't know the bold part doesn't so i guess <laughs> you're gonna have to be a snowboarder then no that's even one plank, right then you've only got one now, right. <laughs> now you have one one functioning no have you skateboarded no. no again me i played the violin right like i not that i'm fragile or uh, in any way but i was somehow anything that moved fast going down mountains no okay 
When you were a teenager, what did you want to be? Well, I moved back to the UK, having lived up to that point on the continent in Europe over the age of 13. I, I fancied the idea of being a Marine in the British Navy. Now, that's not quite the same as an American Marine, but okay. yeah, it's the idea of, I don't know, sailing the world, uh, but being sort of army of the Navy. Yeah, I, I like that idea. So I had, I was genuinely thinking of joining the forces. What stopped me was wise parents at the time who <laughs> were not particularly enamored with that idea. Well, that idea is linked to the political climate, and that is, you know, a moving target. And so, yeah, yeah. whether I would have su- survived the discipline element, I can be quite disciplined, and if I have to be, but. I'm not sure whether the sergeant major would have liked my retort, my responses to him. <laughs> <laughs> a little, so, what do you call that? I think Cheeky. I had a sheltered life, and uh, yeah, I, I, it would have been certainly a very steep learning curve one way or another. <laughs> All right. Okay, so this is one of my favorite questions in the bunch. If you could instantly master any skill without the need for practice, what skill would you choose and how would you use it? Well, I think it's going to be a sort of simple skill, which some people or lots of people are gifted with. And I'd like to be able to draw properly oh. or, you know, sort of take what's in my head and put it on paper and it actually resemble yeah. something. Yeah. For some reason, it's like, even when I get a sheet of, and I'm sure there is, I'm sure if I went to a psychologist, he'd say there's some, you know, deficit there, but when there's a sheet of paper in front of me, I will start writing, but not necessarily have it worked out left or right or top or bottom. Where do I want to put the next piece of information? So um, it's uh, anyway, and also my straight lines can be very wiggly. It's, it's anyway, it's quite disastrous. And I did, we had in the, when I was younger, we used to call it O levels. So that gives you an idea of my age, which is like the age of 16 in the UK when you sort of do these exams. And I went for my O level arts and I got what's called an unclassified, which means. Oh, no, that sounds <laughs> But I did. I, I, it was supposed to be a 3D hot air balloon I was trying to draw, and it looked very 2D. <laughs> drawing is a great skill but i can't imagine it's interesting what you said that when you when you're looking at a blank piece of paper you don't think about where to put things because when i i mean like exact opposite for me like i have a very specific need to know where the thing goes on the paper (laughs) interesting yeah it's very interesting we could delve into that more later okay Can you share a eureka moment or a light bulb moment from your life that wasn't related to your work or career? Yeah, this is an interesting one. I have a few in mind, but one which I think would interest the audience was that prejudice and racism, if you like, racism that I did experience. And I don't know if you use the same in the US. It's I'm a wasp, right? I don't know if you know uh-huh. the wasp, right? So white yeah. Anglo-Saxon Protestant yeah. who's been brought up in a wasp world, if you like, fundamentally. Yeah. And it comes back to being – so when I studied this business studies, part of it was to go back to Germany for a year, of which they call it a semester, which is half a year block. There's two semesters in a year. You had to study at the college there, university, or University of Osterbrook, and 
in the city of Osnabrück, funny enough, at the time, the, the British had a garrison outside. Huh. This is just around, you know, after the well, Cold War time still. But the British army had a really bad reputation in the city for beating up the locals and, and, huh. and really not being very good guests in the country. So the fact that I was at the age of 19, you know, and could have been a squaddy, that's the word we use in England for soldiers, I was looked like at, uh, with daggers, if you use the term, or like a dirt by the Germans. There was a hate and a dislike for me. Hmm. And that gave me maybe the one time in my life I've had, let's say, that ability to see what it might be like for other people if you're if you're really not liked in the place, just basically on because of who you are. That's, yeah, wow. Thank you for that. Okay, what book, movie, or song has significantly influenced your perspective on life and in what way? I had to think about this one. I'm not a great book reader. Yes, there are movies and there are songs. But the one, and this comes back to a military, seems to be a military theme in some of my answers. But I, I don't know if you ever come across the movie Bridge Over the River Kwai. Is that something maybe before your time? I, I think I it's. Think I've heard of it, but I can't remember that. Yeah. I've seen it. So it's a film that has American and British actors, and it the River Kwai, Bridge of the River Kwai, is real. I mean, you can go and visit it today. It was a real incident in World War Two, where okay. the British, primarily British, having let's say fighting the Japanese in Asia, had basically prisoners of war for a number of years, and they were forced labor to build a bridge over the River Kwai. Anyway, to bring it to conclusion is that they sent in a specialist troops to go and blow it up. And at the end of the film, the guy who was running the camp on the for the Brits spotted that they were going to try and blow up the bridge that his men had built. And it basically becomes carnage at the end and lots of people get killed. And I just thought it sort of was a point where I went, you know, really? War is, you know, it's just not worth it. It's just like, it's just awful. So I guess nowadays we're more sensitized about blood and, and war and all these things. There's so many more movies then, but that was maybe I was at an age where I was influenced. It comes back to the comment about wanting to be a Marine. Maybe that's also, you know, moved me in a d- different direction. You know, if you really think about what being a soldier and if you really have to carry out your duties means. So, yeah, so that, that that's something that left an impression. I wouldn't, it's quite a long film, but I, I would, Definitely, you know, as long as you can, like, you don't mind older films. It's not, it's, it's in color. It is color. Right. But, uh, <laughs> I, I think you recognize it. There's an American hero in it as well. So, no, I love that. So, we are, I think, about halfway there with that question, number 10. So, coming up is the second half of these questions. Stay with us. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to our new podcast. If you have any feedback from today's episode or know of any stories to be told involving digital technology in telecoms doing good, then please do let us know via email. Feedback at digitaltalk.com. Also feel free to send us a message on LinkedIn. It would be great to hear from you. Before we go, if you've enjoyed today's episode and would like to support the podcast, 
then don't forget to give us a follow and hit the notification bell so you never miss an episode. Also, if you'd like to leave us a review or share it with your colleagues, it really helps us on the channel. This is part one of a two-part podcast, so make sure to bookmark us and stay tuned. Thanks so much for being a part of our audience today, and hopefully you'll join us next time. That's all we've got time for, so it's goodbye from me. And that's goodbye from him. Bye Bye for for now. now.